What's up and welcome back to another edition of Major League Talk, episode 57, the Johan Santana edition. I'm your host, J.D. Johnson. Alongside me always is Dino and DePalmo. What's poppin', boys? Hey, how we doing? Oh, hello. What's up, boys? A lot of baseball. A lot of baseball has been going on. Mike Trout uh, had a kid last week. We were talking about he was coming back. Um, now, apparently, he has dad power. A uh, multi-home run game a few nights ago against the Athletics. Uh, hit a home run his first at bat after coming back as a father and on his birthday this year. Um, in the past couple or the in the last week, he's batted 367, six home runs, 10 RBIs. Um, those are some solid numbers. I mean, what do you, th- you guys say? And he hit another one last night, so you could say seven homers. I mean, dude, he's a beast. Obviously, you know, baseball was kind of shitting their pants when the conversation of him opting out was a discussion. I think he's. I don't know if I want to say he's the best player in baseball because there's a lot of good players. But when you throw out that conversation of who's the best player in baseball, he's the first person that comes to my mind. Yeah, absolutely. He's putting up trout numbers, man. I mean, I don't expect anything less. You know, I mean, we were just talking about it not too long ago uh, when we were looking up his batting average, what it was. I mean, he hit 291 last year. He's kind of right on pace for that now. Just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. But Dude, what a cool feeling to hit a dinger your first game back after having a child. Like, I know he didn't have the child, but, like, what a momentous occasion. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I mean, we can go on and on and talk about how great he is because, I mean, there's, like, endless things to say about this guy. Like, not only is he just a great ball player, but he's just a great person. You can just tell the way he's he acts on the field. He's, like, so humble. But for fun, I would just think that we would talk about, you know, maybe the future of his career, where we think it's going to go because um, I think he's definitely on pace to do some great things. You know, I saw a tweet on Jared Carabas last week. He said, um, undoubtedly, the Mike Trout is obviously the best player in baseball. But you can't tell me he's one of the greatest of all time until he beats us any record numbers for someone called maybe Bar- uh, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth and like great names like that. So let's do a little over under here for fun. Right now, he has a career batting average of 305. Will he have a, a 305 or above batting average by the end of his career? We're talking about like when he's retired. I'm saying over. Over. 305 or 300? 300. He's 305 right now. I would go, I mean, I know he's still got a lot of prime years left, but logically I would have to say towards the end of his career, it's going to go down a little bit, take the the career average down a little bit. I would say under 300, but just a little bit, like in the, in the 290s though. I, yeah, I could see that too. Like maybe like a two, like 95. Yeah. Like just, this is it. Yeah. Next one over under 600 career home runs. Right now, Mike Trout has 293 career home runs. I'm going to say under. I do think that he gets 500. I mean, 600 is a real big stretch. Like we said, he's 29 years old. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go under for that. Yeah, I mean, if he was 26. Um, you know, you're looking at an extra 120 bombs. I don't think he gets – I don't think he – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over – or I'm sorry, I'm going to go under. I just don't think he gets there, dude. I think the decline happens right around 35, and you'll start to just see, you know, by the time he's done, he might hit 17 in that final year. Like, it's going to be close, but I think it's under. 
So I think it's going to be close as well. And the only reason I'm going to say over is because he's probably going to play in a DH friendly stadium, um, or, you know, especially towards the end of his career like that. And he's not going to be legging out those doubles. So he's just going to be sitting back. He's one of the best pure ball hitters we've ever seen. So I'll go over 600, but like 607. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because I remember at one point, I remember everybody said that he's going to like beat all these records. He's going to be the home run king. Like, remember when he was like 24, everybody was saying that. I could have swore he had like 300 home runs. I guess he doesn't. I mean, he's coming up on it, obviously, but I don't know. Uh, Over, under 3,000 career hits. I really like, I want to say under, but just for the fun of it, because I feel like he just like, in order to be a goat, like, I feel like you just have to do it. I'm going to say over. He's at... 1,342 career hits. I mean... 29. If he plays 10 more years and gets 200 hits a season, he gets it. And, I mean, look, at Pujols is 40 right now, too, and he's still hitting. Yeah, I I think it's an over. Yeah, I just just looked up, quickly looked up the 3,000-hit club, and I could see see him getting 3,000. Um, but he's got to play in, until he's 40. Like he's got to be out there like Pujols hobbling around every time he hits a, a pitch to like struggle to get to first base. But I think he can do it. Uh, over under 2000 career RBIs right now. He has 600 and or no, 767. I'm going to say under that's a, that's a lot of RBIs that you got to like make up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought that he had way more. I mean, I, I'm gonna just gonna say under. That's a that's a lot of RBIs to make up in such a short amount of time. Honestly, ten years like not a long time to hit. What is that? Thirteen hundred basically. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's got to average a hundred RBIs for the next thirteen years. No, dude, he's going. It's under, and I'll tell you the one reason why. Their lineup is not good enough around him for him to produce those numbers. Yeah. Yeah, it's just at, yeah, the the consistent players around him. You're exactly right. I, I say yeah. under here. You know, like, I, I mean, Rendon helps, but, like, you know, Otani maybe, but, you know, I'd rather have someone else beat me than him. You know, I love the Angels announcer when Otani hits a bomb and he says, Otani-san! Oh, my God, it gets me every time. Uh, I mean, you could you could do so much shit with his name. <laughs> I, I just like Showtime. I don't know. I've always Showtime's that. dope. <laughs> what else yeah. did you have? I mean, I wasn't really, like, thinking, but, like, (laughs) you know, I'll come up with something by the end of this. Oh, totally. You said over or under for 2,000 RBIs? Under. All right, so you agree with us. And the the last one I have, um, will he get over under 1,200 extra base hits? Right now he's at 590. Mm -hmm. 1,477 is the most all-time Hank Aaron has it. Ah, uh, gosh, these are like really hard questions, you know, because I was trying to add it up before with, um, you know, if he gets if he keeps doing what he's doing with the doubles because he hits a lot of extra base hits and he gets to uh, 500 home runs. So that's another 200 extra base hits. I mean, I definitely think he gets a thousand because, I mean, he's basically 400 yeah. away. But I mean, 12, I'm just going to say over. Ooh. Ah, uh, dude, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go under. I, I think, I think, I think he gets to 1200 and I think it, as he gets older, I think those, those doubles are slowly start turning into singles. Yep. Yeah. I think, I just think that's such a high number. I, I think he gets really, I think he gets into the 1100s, but I, I would, if I was betting, I'd say under here. 
Yeah, I said twelve hundred because I felt like a thousand is like way too easy of a thing. Yeah. Like it's like obviously over because he's four hundred away. Basically, that was just too easy. Um, but yeah, I, it, these are tough questions. I would have thought that he his numbers would have been way higher than this, but I guess not. Um, uh, as we're talking about this, I actually have a question because of this shortened season. Do you think this is going to affect a lot of career numbers for a lot of guys? Hundred percent. Many as many as at bats. I mean, obviously, like I mean, that's kind of like a dumb question. Obviously, you're not going to get as many at bats. Of course, right. it's going to hurt it. But do you think it's going to like overly affect it? You know what I mean? You mean like Hall of Fame status? Kind of, yeah. Like say, like Trout. Say Trout ends up coming up with like 590 career home runs and his career. He played the 60 games. Like he missed like over 100 games. Obviously, he would have got like 600 home runs. You know what I mean? Will it like overly affect? You think? Like career stats for guys that are like like 600 home runs is a big deal. Like maybe 3,000 hits, someone comes up short. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, I think it, I think it dramatically. You know, you're talking about 300 at bats. You're talking 20 games on the mound. You know what I mean? Like those those are big time numbers. You know, um, so yeah, I think it does dramatically affect it. But I don't think people will look back like. Oh, well, if it wasn't for 2020, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's, I'll play devil's advocate on this too. I could, I could argue that it could help a lot of people too, because they didn't play an extra hundred and some game, 102 games. They didn't have 102 extra games of wear and tear on their body. Some dudes got healthy. They had a career year next year. I could see something like that happening, but uh, Dino, you touched on it. I don't, yeah, I don't. I think 2020 season will, you know, it will obviously be talked about for for the COVID reasons, but I don't think it'll be one of those things that's going to be where it's going to be a career defining thing, a, a Hall of Fame defining thing, because a dude missed out on 100 games. You bring up a great point, though. Like the devil's advocate point of view in this whole scenario is really beneficial because you're going to see guys who opted to get Tommy John, who are missing this year. That it's not going to affect. Yeah. Um, you see those guys who, you know, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Chris Sale is a prime example. But then you have guys like DJ LeMahieu who might hit 450. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he might. And and it's because that 60-game window, you're feeling it, and you never had that opportunity to go through that 30- or 40-game slump where you're hitting two doldrums. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you know, that that's important to note. And, it, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, next year what some of these guys look like. Good question. Yeah, sure. I mean, I also talking about Mike Trout a little bit more. I feel so bad for him. Like, I mean, I know that he wanted to stay an angel because who doesn't want to stay with like an organization their whole career? I get the whole idea behind it. But I mean, like he's been on fire. He just hits home runs. He ties the game and they like still lose the game. And this guy just like (laughs) keeps doing everything he can just to try to win these games. And like they just like keep losing. I feel horrible for him. Cause like, I mean, he's locked up there for like the rest of his career. I mean, Joe Adele the other day had a ball pop out of his glove and then jump over the fence. And it was a home run. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Like, I mean, I just feel bad for trout. Cause I mean, I want, I want to see Mike trout in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like he, what has he ever been, been in the playoffs? I think he was once. Yeah, he was in the so. wild part once. I mean, I mean, but 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 like, dude, look at Rendon's numbers. He's and, stuck. No, no, but look at him this year, dude. Oh and yeah, not good. Not good. And, and this is and this is like where the conversation comes up when you go when you switch leagues. You know, they talk about the DH and all that shit, but like switching leagues 
can kill somebody's career. He's hitting a buck 80 right now. And I understand, you know, it could just be going through that funk early. He could heat up. I get it. But he's any way you slice it, he's hitting a buck 80. He has nine hits in 50 at bats. (laughs) Well, and, and before you, you know, you blink once or twice and in a 60 game season, like we're almost halfway through it. Like, I mean, it, it'll be it'll come up on you quick. So if you don't get out of it quick, you're done. Yeah. I mean, he did, he's hit five extra base hits. You know, he has eight RBIs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's gotten on base. He's walked 17 times. So his on base percentage yeah. is 406. So, like, he's doing his job there. But when you're looking at this offense and, and J.D., like you already touched on it, being an angel is tough. I'll tell you this, though. If I'm going to play in a ballpark, I don't mind playing there the rest of my career. And living nice. in this where you're yeah. a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it. Beautiful ballpark. You've been there, right? I have. I was young, but I remember it clear as day. I remember that ballpark better than Fenway, and I think I went like a year apart. Mm. Everything in L.A. is dope or like that that area, you know, like Except the traffic. Like, yeah, oh, of course, like Dodger Stadium was dope. Uh, the Staples Center was fire. Uh, the Angel Stadium, dope. Um, and then my dad's been to San Diego, so it was the best ballpark he's ever been to, hands down. Petco, nice. Petco. It does, yeah. It's nice. It looks nice. The building out and left, I don't know. Yeah, the warehouse. I, yeah. Um, but Mike Trout is just continues to be on fire, and you love to see it. He's making Aaron Judge's little six home runs in five games that he did last week look really small because this guy is just on a tear. But another guy who's on fire is Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, this this past week, 407 batting average, six home runs, nine RBIs. Uh, big question that's been going around ever since he got up. Uh, do you guys think that he will be the next Mike Trout? 100%. I think he's. I think he is the future of baseball. Yeah, Jeff Passon just wrote an awesome article on ESPN.com about it, too. Like, he's the the face in the future of baseball. Um, and and uh, I think it was Moustakis was quoted a couple times in there, just saying how much energy and how much that dude loves the game. I've had the, I had the pleasure of going against Tatis uh, last week when he did those seven games, 407, six homer, nine RBI stretch. And then I got Trout this week. So it's been a little uh, little tough stretch for Deepaw in fantasy baseball. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, yeah I to, to tease, I mean, dude, just totally electric. Love the guy. Padres have like some really exciting stuff coming for them. That's all I got to say. I keep saying it uh, and I'll, I'll continue to say it. It's an exciting ball club. And since we're talking about guys that are just absolutely mashing the baseball right now, uh, let's just talk about some more. Charlie Blackman is batting four, uh, 484, <laughs> not in the last seven games, the entire season. Higher than DJ LeMahieu, what we were talking about before. I mean, this guy, like, let's just say it because it's kind of what it is. This guy is getting on out of two at-bats. He gets on one time, one out of two at-bats, basically. I think that's yeah. good. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I don't, I don't know what it is about him. I don't really like him. <laughs> all right. We did not script this at all. Dude, I feel the exact <laughs> same way. I do not know what it is. I, I respect just, the dude for for hitting almost 500, but I never saw it. I knew he was a good player. He plays a good outfield. I just never saw what the hype was about with him. And, dude, he's making us eat our words, Dino. I, I, I do hope he's the bounce back player of the year. Because he, he didn't have that great of a season last year, and he was hitting like 300 solid every single year for the past like four years before that. I mean, I hope he wins bounce back player of the year. And I can hope he continues to rake because I already said the Rockies were going to keep going, and I'm hoping that they keep winning. Yeah, it'll be. I'm curious to see if the Rockets can keep that going on because they. I feel like they've 
throughout you know the past couple of years have always had a nice stretch where they've looked like the real deal and then something will happen I don't know if it's the the Rocky Mountain Air or whatever it finally catches up to them but something always catches up to them so with this shortened season dude they could be one of those contenders we were talking about last week yeah I know it's like the it's the same thing though like Nolan Arenado like I want to see Nolan Arenado in the playoffs is he a playoff guy you know they, these are questions that yeah. like are like those big questions, like if you're a, really like a goat if, or not, like did you perform in the playoffs or not? Because that's where it counts. Dude, I watched, I watched him play yesterday. I forget what I was doing. I think it was just on my computer. The, the, the TV was on mute, and I swear to God, every time I looked up, they laced the ball in the gap <laughs> every single time. I saw, I saw, I saw, dude, all my life, I saw two bombs, six doubles, and like four base hits, and they scored like six runs or something. I dude, I don't know what it was, but like they were straight and I'm going to look at the box score. I'll get back to you on this. But every time I looked up, they were just lacing balls and gaps. <laughs> they ended up winning that game. They're standing. They're in first place right now in the NL West above the Dodgers. They're 12 and six. The NL West is tough right now because I think the Padres are doing well as well. Padres are 11 and eight in third Jesus, place. What, and in second man, places, division. Seven Dodgers. Yeah. Tough. Dodgers are, are giants are in last. Give you a quick COVID-19 update. Um, I still don't know what's going on with the Cardinals. They haven't played in like three weeks, whatever it is. I mean, they have, I haven't seen them in forever. They played like five games this year. Uh, more and more people get, keep getting coronavirus, but news broke out yesterday. Um, there haven't been any new positive tests in the Cardinals organization in the last two days, I think I saw. And now they're saying that they might be playing Friday. They might resume baseball. So that would be tomorrow. So that's some exciting news for St. Louis because they definitely need to start making up these games. I still don't know how they're going to do it. They're just going to have to play a lot of double headers or they're going to have no off days. Either way, that's going to be that's going to tire out their players a lot and it's going to wear and tear on their bullpen and all their pitchers because they're going to have to have a lot of arms and stuff. But more good news. Uh, Cincinnati Reds are reportedly going to let fans come back for a phased reopening in the stadium. Fans are back in baseball. Mm -hmm. That's that's exciting. I mean, I don't really know how that's going to work because they said it's phased reopening. I don't know what the COVID testing up there is, if it's like very high in Cincinnati or low. I don't know. But I mean, I guess we'll see. They said it was passed by the county and the city that they're allowed to. Okay, so uh, I'll shed some light on this. And there's no intelligence to this statement at all. Uh, Cincinnati is an absolute shithole. Okay. (laughs) I knew he was going to say that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is an absolute shithole. Now, having said that, their ballpark is really nice. But they haven't sold out the ballpark in <laughs> God knows how many years. So by them opening the stadium, two things are either going to happen. All the people who love sports are going to rush there and they're going to sell the place out. And probably 30% of the of that fan base will, ha- will contract COVID in one way, shape, or form unless they're taking temperatures on the way in. And the second thing is, you know, 2,000 people show up like normal and nobody really gives a shit. <laughs> you know, it's funny how you were talking about how it's like such a bad a bad place. I keep watching Trevor Bauer's uh, YouTube vlogs. He has this thing called the COVID season of MLB, and he takes you throughout the behind the scenes of being a baseball player throughout this whole pandemic. And uh, he walks into the clubhouse and like the security guard's like, yeah, just warning you now I wouldn't take your uh, scooter because normally he rides like a like a scooter to the ballpark. And he was like, yes, guys, two guys just got shot outside like a couple minutes ago. He's like, oh, I'll be taking that home during at nighttime. Yep. So like I was like taking his truck. <laughs> the natty. 
There's Cincinnati for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn on it. Like, it'd be great to watch a sporting event, like, in in real life. But I don't know the, if the pros outweigh the cons on that. Uh, you're cracking me up with the comments about the Reds and Cincinnati. Do you know what I mean? People aren't there to watch the Bungles either. Shout out, Beeline. Um, dude, I saw you're talking about the Cardinals. So if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a Pirates fan, and I love them, and they're horrible. So I read this tweet the other day that had me dying laughing. The Pittsburgh Pirates have managed to be four and a half games back of a team that's played five games total. That's the St. Louis Cardinals. In the words of Ron Burgundy, that's amazing. I'm not even <laughs> mad. I mean, the Pirates are three and 13, and we're four and a half games back of a team that's two and three. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> so uh, just to talk on the Cardinals, though, uh, I think their uh, GM or someone high up in the organization came out and said, that the the thought of them playing 60 games is unrealistic just with the logistics of everything. Uh, so, I mean, MLB's already come out and said that they uh, they won't force teams to make the 60 games. So if they're smart, they don't try and play them all, and they, they try and pick the ones against the Pirates as most as they can. That's what I do. Um, so I live in South Florida. I've lived in South Florida my whole life. There's a lot of positives living down here. Nice weather, beach, all that good stuff. But there's one of the biggest negatives living down here in South Florida. Are the I know exactly what you're going to say right now because <laughs> I'm living it right now, dude. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. Are you, are, you about, are, you about to talk, are you about to talk about how, like, the Marlins fans are just coming? Yes. I can't take that. The biggest negative is the fake sports fans down in South Florida, and it will piss me off until the day I die, just being a big sports guy, especially for baseball. It always gets me heated because I swear to God, every single player I've ever played with is either a Yankees fan, a Red Sox fan, or a fake Marlins fan. And I hate when these Marlins fans come out of their hiding because they've like won like four games this week. And now they're in first place, maybe because they haven't played in like a week because they all their whole team got Corona and they had to call up their double A team. So mm. your winning percentage is obviously going to be fantastic. You know, like that's how the standings work, dummies. It, it, it's just I mean, Dean, you can elaborate more on this because you understand where I'm coming from. It just oh. makes me so mad. You see how mad I'm getting? It's oh. so annoying. I hate Marlins fans so much. <laughs> This There's twelve of them that there are in the world. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like this started back in what was it ninety seven? They won it. Yeah, with Beckett. I think it was ninety eight. Wait, hold no, on. No, no, Yanks won ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. So it was yeah. ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, Dean. You're a Yankees fan too. I, I would like the one thing, Dean. You know, I'm not a violent person, but I will, I will always like clinch my fist ready to hit someone when like someone tells me the Yankees suck and they're Marlins fans. They're like. 2003 and i'm like oh dude <laughs> I mean, I, I, but 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 let's be very clear about that let's, be, start doing that let's be very clear about the 2003 nlcs okay <laughs> that's the, that's the moises alu steve bartman play that's the that's the ground ball to alex gonzalez belt high with bases loaded that he boots you know, they should have never even advanced past the Cubs that year. But here's the reality, right? I don't think the Yanks beat the Cubs either that year. They had Kerry Wood. They had Mark Pryor. I don't think they get past them either. But 
You faced uh, Luis Castillo, Juan Pierre, Dontrell Willis when he was at his finest, Josh Beckett, Carl Pavano in their in his prime, like Kona, not Lowell, not even talking about a 19 year old Miggy. Yeah, you know what I mean? A Pudge. No. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like, yeah. So Beckett shoved for two games of that series. Awesome, that's fantastic. But if anybody can remember what I believe was Game Four, when Alex Gonzalez hit a fucking line drive down the left field line, and the only part of that Marlins wall that was a <laughs> low fence, he hits it perfectly in that spot that cleared the fence. So all I'm saying is, what a fluke of a bomb, you know? And I just I and that was the swing game in the series because I believe the Yanks were up two one. If the Yanks beat them in extra innings and go up three one, the series is over. That like congratulations, you won in two thousand three. But if you go back and watch that season, there was still nobody in the stadium until September October when like the D train was like the <laughs> cool thing and every kid was doing the high leg lift thinking he was like some stud. But realistically speaking, okay. All Marlins fans were like, Jeter's an idiot. This team sucks. This organization blows. And all I've said is, dude, Jeter doesn't know how to fail. You know, we've talked about it before. He literally screwed the Yankees over on the Stanton deal. One of the most amazing deals in sports history. You know, he gets no credit for it. He's winning with a bunch of nobodies. And here we are in South Florida and you go into a Dick's Sporting Goods and there's black Marlins jerseys everywhere. When six weeks ago, it was two of jerseys with the Dolphins. So, like, I don't want to hear this bullshit. And everyone's like, oh, the, the Heat, Jimmy Butler. It's like, dude, the Heat aren't even that good either. I'll be honest with you. I hate Florida sports. I hate all Florida sports. You I like the Panthers. This is the only ones I like. And that's, but and you that's, hate the Panthers. That's, that's, that's the stupidest, most unintelligent <laughs> statement I've ever heard in my life. I like the Florida Panthers. Dude, let me tell you something about the Florida Panthers, okay? The, the Columbus Blue Jackets are the smartest team in the world for getting rid of what was supposed to be the best goalie in the league in Bob. He goes down to Florida and sucks ass. <laughs> You know, the only Florida team that's half legit is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And even there, awful. Well, awful. I was say they choke when it matters, though. What the Rays? Shut the up. Rays. <laughs> the Rays are good. I, like, I mean, they, they're having pitching yeah, trouble. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Gary. They're good. You know, six podcasts ago, we're talking about whether or not they're going to split a season in Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> they're good. Oh, no, my God. They're gosh, good. Just the fan base isn't. Yeah, bro. I mean, come on, man. Like, it's such a fake fan base. Like, and, and, and like, dude, I thought living in Pennsylvania, like Penn State fans were bad. You know what I mean, De Palma? Like, you know that God. shit. And like Eagles fans. And and no offense. I'll say Steelers the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Steeler fans travel really well. So I, 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 I love that. But, dude, these Florida fans <laughs> do not know a damn thing. I ask people all the time, oh, who do you like in baseball? Oh, I'm a Braves fan. But, you know, I like the Marlins. And it's like, hold on a second. Like, people are just like, oh, okay. And we blow past the question of, well, did you like the Marlins first and then pick a new team? You slappy. Like, mm-hmm. God, dude, I'm getting pissed. That's literally everybody that was at WA on the baseball team. And it pissed me off so much. You know what I mean? They were all like, oh, well, I'm from Florida. So I guess I'm a Marlins fan. Like, no. Name one guy on the team. Please tell me. You know what I mean? And like. 
But I've had so many of my friends, they've texted me, they're like, oh, the Marlins are going to the World Series. I have some someone on uh, that I see on social media, and they tell and they always write – they're like just like a huge South Florida sports fan. They love the Panthers, Dolphins, Heat, all that stuff. That's and, sad. Uh, that, that is so brutal here. Oh, I know. And he starts writing like, never before <laughs> in my life. I've been friends with this kid since I was – for like five years. Never before in my life have I ever seen him post something about the Marlins. They start winning this week. He's like World Series bound. I want him to like jump through the phone and punch me in the face. <laughs> I'll tell you this right oh. now. And I swear to God on my life, on my dog's life. He'll do I, it. I will cut my I will cut my left foot off with a with a sharp steak knife like the movie Saw if the Marlins even make it to the World Series. I swear to God on my life, I will cut my foot off. No, you won't. Swear to God, dude. You won't. Do I, it. No, I will, because that's how confident I am. There's a zero percent chance they make it to the World Series. Zero. Not you to mention not, they gave no up. chance in a million years you would ever. You would look at you'd be <laughs> chained to that bathtub. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, do it. I'll do it. Not to mention the Marlins gave up two MVPs. We're really three if we're being honest here, because Ozuna is just as much of an MVP in 2014 and 15. Was um, yeah. And they gave up Christian Yelich, the NL MVP for peanuts, and then they gave up Stanton. I mean, the Yankees are fools for taking that. But I mean, like, and Real Muto, uh, dude, like, the, like, yeah, and Real Muto, JT, Muto, whatever. I say Real Muto, like he's some anime Japanese Muto. character. Yeah, <laughs> dude. But I mean, like, just think about that sentence. Like, just really think about the, like, the. Oh my god, like, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to. Hey, who are your favorite sports teams? The Heat, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, and the Strikers. Is that soccer? Yeah, you're the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. <laughs> oh, can't wait to get my season tickets for two fifty a pop. Get the <laughs> hell out of here, dude. Like Do you know that they know you know they went out of business like yeah, last year? Doesn't surprise me. They played at the old Oof. Fort Lauderdale Stadium where the Yankees used to do spring training. That's where they played, and then they got they got shut down because like they had like literally no one go to the games. Like no one was there. Like yeah. you think the Marlins are bad, De Palma? Like there was actually like maybe like three people in the stands at the Strikers games, and they were just yeah. like one was the mascot. Yeah, and, and it's Harrisburg yeah. City Islanders are out drawing them. Yeah, and it's like fourteen year old like Florida FC girls, you know, like. <laughs> I just, dude, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I hate to bash on South Florida like this, but, like, I'm sorry. I can You're tell sport. that's been harboring up, dude. You've just been, dude, just been eating at you. These sports teams blow. They <laughs> blow. And, 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 like, it's hilarious because I get people who are like, oh, you know, the Panthers are doing well. Or, like, someone will text me and be like, hey, I'm betting games tonight. Should I take the Panthers? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> the quickest response ever. No. Yes. <laughs> Like my God, against them. Exactly. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, if they were good, go against them. It just sucks though, because there's not one team that's like good though down here. Like, you know, like sometimes you just want to go to like a, a game and like, just have like a really good team to go watch, but it's just not here down here. And it hasn't been for years. Like there hasn't been a team that's like confidently, like since the heat, like, all right, we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So like the 2001, like the 2001, like the 2001-02 Miami team, that was different. You know, that was different. Everybody was 20 down years ago, though. Exactly. And you know what? They were doing the most illegal shit in the world. 
<laughs> you know, but like you could take any one of these sports teams and pull some field of dreams type bullshit and have them play in the middle of the Atlantic skating on water and hitting baseballs and running on water like they're Jesus. And still people would not go. The boat show sells out more seats than any of these sports teams. And just for the record, I, I do want to go on record and say this. Um, I, I do. I do just, I, I need to say this cause I have to Record get it. it. The, uh, the heat arena is beautiful. Um, the Marlins stadium, in my opinion, is a great place to watch a game. The BB and T center where the Panthers play is a mint place to watch a game. Uh, cause it's only 10 minutes away from my house. And the uh, the Dolphin Stadium is fire. So awesome job on the stadiums. Locations blow, but except for the BB and T <laughs> yes. Center, it's mint. But like mint. all these all these four places are great places to watch sporting events. To watch for, to watch your- for the opposing fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I I do agree with BB and T is like a prime location. It's such an it's such a good area for like a hockey stadium. It is. Sure, All the other ones sure. suck. Like, like the Dolphins is like in Miami Gardens, and then what the Marlins are like all the way down like in Miami, Miami, and then where are the Heat? The Heat are like right next to the Marlins, like not that like ten minutes. Dude, the Heat are like right off Biscayne, dude. Yeah. I was say I thought they were South Beach. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're not South Beach, but they're damn near close to it. Like if you, the bridge is right there. It, it's. I've gone to Knicks Heat games down there. Which, funny story, and I'll make this so quick. Me and my cousin went to a Nick Heat game, and we, like, walked to the stadium. It was dope. We were loving it, whatever. It was a great basketball game. But we decided to get, like, some stadium food. Mm-hmm. Tell me two idiots that you've ever met in your life that goes to a sporting event and eats shrimp lo mein. <laughs> yeah. It was fire. It's probably – that's, like, very close to the bottom of things I would ever eat at any sporting event. Dude, if you saw it and smelt it, though, it was so good. So, <laughs> Even yeah. a sumo wrestling match, I'm not eating shrimp lo mein, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about him before, though. Giancarlo Stanton is back on the IL again. And knowing that this time he's on the IL, we probably won't see him for like another like three years because once he goes on the IL, he just like never comes off. And then there's just like made up injuries, I feel like. You know, last year it was the bicep strain, then it was the knee, and then it was the hamstring. And then like this spring training, it was like a pulled calf. I mean, it's something new every single time. They say he's going to be back in three to four weeks, Aaron Boone said, uh, but doubt it, to be honest. He probably won't come back for the rest of the year. Yeah, but the Yankees need to call Clint Frazier. They did. Uh, yesterday he played against the Braves for the first time. He went three for four, single, um, a double, and then his first at bat he hit a bomb. It was awesome. He, I think he's going to do absolutely great in the DH spot. Uh, you know, you can throw him out there in the outfield if you do. Rather not have it though because he's really bad at defending. But I think he's going to rake in the DH uh, spot. What do you think about this, Dean? I mean, we always talk about how good the Yankees are going to be. You know, and and then the the biggest statement always is. Are they going to stay healthy? You know, Judge came out with some some lower tightness yesterday. So, you know, here we are again in a new year. Uh, Stanton and Judge were, were mashing baseballs left and right. And we're having the conversation again of here we are. They're not healthy. And we're not even three weeks into the season. So that's the thing that scares me with the Yanks 
is it's never about the ability of a baseball player. It's always about the availability. JD, you've heard that a million times, you know, and these guys are just not available. Luckily, it's not every day that you're able to replace a Stanton or a judge in the lineup with a guy who I think is knocking on the door to take the spotlight away from some of these younger guys. And I think Clint Frazier is beyond ready for that spotlight, especially in New York. I think he's deserved it since last year. Uh, so I think he fills the, those shoes perfectly fine. He had an awesome debut yesterday, but once again, we are what 13, 19 games into the season and stands on the D or on the IL, excuse me, and judges, you know, missing time because, you know, something's sore or something's tight or whatever it is. The Yankees are going to be good as long as they are available. They are a, a World Series contender as long as they are fully loaded and they are consistently never fully loaded. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. It does always come up like that. Do you think um, – so a lot of Yankee fans – I'm, I'm on Yankee Twitter. I see it a lot. A lot of Yankee fans were mad last night because they found out that Judge does have tightness and soreness in his hips, his hamstrings, and his uh, calves. And a lot of people were wondering um, – why did Aaron Boone lie to the fan base? To be honest, I didn't care that much. A lot of people were like really pissed because to be honest, I'm not running the team. Maybe he didn't want the opposing team to know. Like, I don't know what goes on. Like for all I know, I'm just saying like random stuff and it doesn't make any sense. But I like, you know, it didn't bother me is what I want to say. And a lot of people were like really hurt that like, why would Boone lie to us about Aaron judge? Like, to be honest, sorry, Yankee fans. I'm, I'm a huge Yankee fan, but it's none of your business. You know, like you're not, not the it's not important. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not important to disclose everything. You don't have to. Yeah. I saw like all the, all the Yankee barstool guys were like, Aaron Boone needs to apologize. Like, are you out of your mind? Like you don't have to apologize for anything. It's none of your business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, we didn't find out that Tommy Canley was hurt for like, you know, like five days and then he ended up having Tommy John. You know what I mean? You didn't complain about that. Yeah. No, but, but because it's judge, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think Tommy Canley, I was saying it before, I think he's a huge, important factor for this whole entire bullpen. Like, I mean, that was a huge piece that hurts. But uh, news for the Yankees, though, Rodney Chapman on Friday will be going against uh, a few batters at the alternate site in Scranton. And after that, they said they hope most likely return to the team. So that's good news for the Yanks. Yeah, that's fine. As long as they, they ship Hap out, I don't care. Yes. Speaking of that, Jay Hap needs to go to the Sun. Uh, I think we said it last year so many times. Um, you know, he's awful. He can't pitch. I mean, he was pitching against the Orioles, and he was walking in, guys. It's just – it's seriously so painful. And I mean this, like, so seriously. It's so painful for me personally because I'm a pitcher. I love, love watching baseball. I love watching the Yankees. So painful to watch J.A. Happ pitch a baseball game. Like, every time he takes the mound, I'm, I, I, for the Yankees, I just want to stab my eyes out. Because I know all this guy's going to do is load the bases and then walk in runs. And he's done it twice in his two starts. Yesterday, they skipped him on his start day. And I was ecstatic that they threw Tanaka instead of him because they had the day off. So it would have been Tanaka's fifth day anyway. So, I mean, I completely just skip as many starts as you can with this guy. I mean, it's so it, it just sucks. I hate that he's on the team. I think it was a really bad deal. I hope they do this stupid thing where like he doesn't end up getting the vesting option where like he pitches the amount of innings to get the third year. And I hope that he, he's just gone because I know nobody's going to take him because why in the world would you want him? He's horrible. The amazing thing is, is if you never did that deal, you would have a true shortstop in DD. And that's the part that bothers me. 
is is I, I I'm still not sold on Gliber to play short, and you, you got rid of a left a left-handed can hit for pop in Yankee Stadium, pure shortstop, and at the end of the day, LeMahieu is 32 years old, and I don't think it was time to bag Didi, but you said you couldn't come up with the money for him. He asked for 12 million bucks. You didn't give it to him, but you're paying Hap like what eight, mm. six, whatever it is. I, I don't know, and I don't want to look at the contract. It's gonna make me sick. Yeah, why did they sign Gardner too? Because I mean, we we're talking about Clint Frazier. I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth here, but Clint Frazier deserves Gardner's spot, and Gardner keeps playing because Aaron Boone loves Gardner. I also think that you know Hicks, he needs to start doing something with the Batman. I mean, you can only defend so much in this game. I mean, I mean, he made a, a fantastic play yesterday that ended up saving two runs. Uh, he robbed the home run against the Braves. But I mean, like, if you can't hit for just like above the Mendoza line, dude, like you got to go, especially for the Yankees when they're like, there's so much on the line this season. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't just like, let's make the playoffs. It's like, no, you're going to get a ring. Like, you I, don't, gotta, yeah. you gotta I, I don't mind Gardner. He's just going through that typical phase. Uh, his first home run of the season was an absolute tank, but I, I did just look it up because, you know, I, I needed to know what Hap's salary was this season. And like I said, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> he is making $17 million this year. Holy shit. I'm posting a video on this. You saw my jaw drop. Oh my gosh. I thought it was like, I thought it was like 12 to be honest. And I was like, hi, $17 million, $34 million for two years. Gee, Zuz. Yeah, I saw I saw on there too, Dino. Once you said it, I immediately looked it up. I had to know. Uh, he has to hit 165 innings or uh, 20 starts. Well, he ain't getting 17 any, right, he right. ain't getting any of that. Yep. Yeah, but what's scary is are they going to do like a like an alternate thing? It's like, oh, it's like equivalent to 162 like games. Prorated. Like you out of your mind? No, no. contractually, no chance, no way. But but this is like where like the conversation comes up. Like, why is Clark Schmidt not a thing? You know what I mean? Why is Jay Happ still a thing? You know, Clark Schmidt absolutely, you know, did fantastic for the Yankees in a scrimmage game earlier when they did like the little uh, preseason thing at the stadium. I mean, he he's their big prospect. He's 24 years old. I'm sick of seeing prospects that are getting in the big leagues at 25 and 26 because you want to keep them um, until they're like 32 for free agency. I think that's like BS. Like you should not be able to do that. That's ridiculous. Like you're taking away like big contracts that these guys have like worked so hard for. Like, why are you not calling him up? He's 24. If you call him up next year, he's going to be 25. Like that's no like I feel like that's so old. You're going to see him at some point this year. I guarantee it. You need to. He needs to be in the rotation other than Hap. I don't know. Like, you really should just designate Hap for assignment. You're not going to use him. You have Luis uh, Al- Avila. I, I forget how to pronounce Avi- Avila. Name. Yeah, he's horrible. But he's already, like, that long reliever, and so is Jonathan Loisica. Like, so you're not going to use J.A. Hap there. They already have the long relief guys right, right there. So why do you still have him on the team? Bring up Schmidt. Uh, bring up... Nick Nelson, they sent down for no reason, in my opinion. Guys, they're dots up throwing 98. Like, I don't know why he sent him down. Give her a hat. I agree. Move on before you get really upset. I'm going to continue to get upset because another thing Jesus. that I'm done with, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Gary. Gary Sanchez, I'm sorry. He's a fluke. 
ever since his rookie season when he batted 299, it's gone downhill every single season, and that is statistically a fact. He, it's it's gone down his batting average like 20 points every single season. I'm done with him. I can't I can't do it. All he does, like literally every time he gets up, I just want to turn off the TV and because I know he's going to strike out. That way I can like or change the channel. That way I can like miss the commercial break because I know it's going to be a strikeout. Um, Yankee fans need to stop falling for the, these hot streaks that go on for five games and then it goes back to a .030 hitter for like two months. You know what I mean? And we get an occasional home run every like. 40 at bats like no like, thanks like yesterday <laughs> yeah exactly i would rather have higashiosha be the starting catcher because he's actually batting like way better than gary sanchez you know what i mean and he's been hitting the ball hard even when he gets out like he hit a line drive against the phillies when he started he hit a line drive to um to dd at short and then he hit a laser that dd ended up catching in the in the five six hole i mean like he's hitting the ball why aren't you playing him Dude, two words for you. Austin Romine. I know. He's doing he just hit a bomb yesterday. An absolute tank for the Tigers yesterday. I saw that. Three run jack. Right, I mean, not only that, Sanchez is horrible at defending. <laughs> keep moving on before you I can see you sweating. Wait, does does Sanchez catch Cole? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's so bad. <laughs> He, he had a huge pass ball yesterday, and they almost freaking scored two runs because of that. That probably yeah, pisses Cole off so much. When Adovino was pitching. This past week for the Yankees, it was not nice. They had to go to Tropicana Field uh, to go back to the House of Horrors, and I've said it last year, it needs to go. They play so bad there. The turf, I don't know what it is. Um, the first game, they got absolutely shut out by mediocre pitching. Won the second game and lost the last <laughs> two uh, the one that sucked the most was James Paxton pitched so well seven innings last last inning he goes back out gives up two back to back home runs to tie the game three three in the seventh inning and then the Rays walk it off in the ninth inning that stung a lot uh, you know it just they need to blow it up it's so bad to play there I don't know why it's still there Dude, go to so like Montreal where he wanted to go where, so Jedi were you just saying it's like a great stadium. <laughs> Oh, no, you were saying the team. It was the team. Okay, it was the team. Yeah. yeah. No, right. No way. <laughs> it's it's so funny because when you hear, like, pitching coaches, they're like, hey, shake it off. Solo bombs happen. Like, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But, like, solo bombs back-to-back <laughs> shouldn't fucking happen. <laughs> back-to-back pitches. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were winning 3 nothing when he went out there, walked a guy, gave up a home run, next pitch, tie game. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Damn. Like, why, why didn't Boone pull him out after the one home run? He was already at, like, like 90 pitches. That was Boone's it, fault. He should have pulled him right after the walk. That was Boone's yeah, fault. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to okay, you, you give up the walk and the dinger. I'm still – you're in the seventh inning. He's around 90. I, I know nowadays, like, oh, you can't get to 100. But the dude was shoving until then. So, I mean, you can't fault him for, you know, sticking with your guy. But, you know, I guess you can fault him for sticking with the guy. Yeah, I mean, dude, leadoff walks, they kill you. Yeah. They do. Um, but the past two days, I was excited. The Yankees played the Braves. I thought it was going to be a good series. You had Tukey throwing, and then you had, uh, I think, some rookie that threw last night for the Braves. But it was Montgomery and Tanaka that pitched for the Yankees. Yankees walked away with both games as a – as a victory, I thought it was. I thought it was a nice game. Only thing that I was disappointed about was that Ronald Acuna was day to day, and I didn't get to see him play. But the Yankees will be playing the Braves, I think, next month. But it will be in Atlanta. 
Um, talking about the Braves, though, um, some news that sucks. Mike Soroka's out for the year last week. He tore his Achilles uh, trying to get a ground ball. I saw that. I knew exactly what it was right away because I remember when Marcus Stroman did it. Felt horrible. I don't know Marcus Stroman tore his ACL, but that sucks. Moving on, though, Ramon Laureano is awesome. I saw a picture on Twitter, loved it, retweeted, liked it. Uh, they put him up on a Mount Rushmore of American Heroes with Joe Kelly right next to it. Thought it was fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm suddenly one of the biggest Ramon Laureano fans you'll probably ever meet. He got hit by three pitches uh, three times in this series alone against the Astros, and he does the best thing I've ever seen that, to ever do to show up a pitcher. Not a bat flip. He starts telling the pitcher how to throw his slider correctly so it doesn't <laughs> hit him. He says, hey, you want to get a little bit out front more? You know, turn that wrist. And he starts showing him how to grip it two fingers. I mean, I love him. I, I like automatically I didn't really like pay attention to him a lot. I know he has a laser from the outfield, but I love him. A few seconds later he's making his way down the first base. Astros hitting coach uh starts talking to Loriano, tells him to come over and fight Loriano, says, All right, absolutely sprints over to this guy. And this guy literally took a dump in his pants, like the hitting coach for the Astros. <laughs> this dude backed up and started hiding behind his players because he was so scared. What a baby. Oh my he literally asked for him to fight him. I mean, like, it just shows you how much this Astros organization is full of a bunch of babies, not just the players, but the coaches, too. He didn't want that smoke, man. And he ended up I think he ended up getting like a 20 game suspension out of it. The uh, the hitting coach. Glad. Yeah, he got 20 and he should have, um, you know, not not your job to to like you can say something, but not your job to instigate something of that matter mm-hmm. um, way out of line. And let's just call it what it is. If the two of them squared up, that man might be dead. Lariano. Also, was reported to the coach was talking about his mom, and that's why he <laughs> ran over. Yes. Like, mama jokes are still playing around in 2020. Dude, yeah. so like mama jokes, you know, were as kids something funny. They'd be like, you know, you know, your mama's so fat. Like, they're fucking hilarious, <laughs> all right? But. I think in every adult setting that I've ever been in, in a sporting event, where if you shout out someone's mom in any capacity, no matter what it is, dude's going to fight. And I I don't think I've specifically done it, but if someone shouts out my mom in a negative manner, yeah, I'm probably going to want to have to fight too. I think that's (laughs) across all adult sporting athletic sporting events. Dude, even if you haven't talked to your mom in 10 years, (laughs) there's still – fighting words it's still mama man <laughs> you know like i don't know what it is it's the biggest trigger name in the world you know no I one mean, ever says like oh something about your dad like they're gonna be like, yeah okay whatever yeah. But like the second you hear yo mama that's and it, it ain't a joke you know yeah. it's going down that's it man like <laughs> you get what you pay for Oh, totally. The best part of this whole thing, though, is Ramon Laureano's golden response to this whole thing that he said to reporters. He said, I do regret charging him because that guy is a loser. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Like, I liked him before all this, but he just he made it. He just moved up a bunch of slots on my list. I love the guy now. Um, He ended up getting a five game suspension, though, and Joe Kelly's ended up getting reduced to five games from eight games. A little quick update for you there. Talking about the Hold on. Hold on, Jedi. Correction. Dino was right. Last podcast. uh, I believe he had said eight games and you and I were adamant it was six. 
Shout out Dino yeah. and the Hawkeye listener who also shouted out we were incorrect. For yeah, sure. Uh, talking about the Astros a little bit more, though. Uh, Josh Reddick, for the Astros, uh, said after the game that he hopes this doesn't go over to the other series that they have to play with the Athletics this year. We don't want to have targets on our back as much as we already do right now. Quote from Josh Reddick. Oh, well, man. Should have thought about that before you cheated and stole a World Series championship. Like, I like I said it on my tweet and like I kind of got some people agreed with me then some people didn't I'll say it I don't care because if I was a pitcher I would I hope they get hit in the ribs they deserve to get hit in the ribs not the head we don't want to hurt someone bad break a rib oh oh that's part of the game I mean I had some people agreeing with me like you know like they're complaining that Loriano is getting hurt uh, what if he got hurt, you know, and then you go and hit someone else? Like, I mean, I think it's part of the game. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. The amazing thing is, like, when you pull up Altuve's stats, for instance, and I'm picking on the little man because he <laughs> is the guy that hit the bomb against Chapman, in which I know for a fact he was sitting off speed. Nobody in the world can convince me otherwise. But when you look at his wins above replacement, it is a negative number. How's the Altuve? Yeah, he is hitting a buck eighty-seven this year. Oh, for the year. Okay, okay. Yeah, and look, I understand that. Yes, maybe they're gifted hitters. Maybe you know, like yes, I know that. However, these guys are such mentally like infested with negativity, dude. Yeah, yep. bro. Like you are just infested with all of these. Every time you don't get a hit, you are. Oh yeah. If if they were never stat watchers, they are now. Let me ask you I this. Mean, Let me ask you this. All that considered, to win a World Series, would you do it? I don't think. First of all, let me answer this. I don't think they. I don't think the goal was in starting this whole thing. Let's win a World Series. They weren't like, hey, if we start this scheme, we're going to win the World Series. But you're asking me, would I start this scheme to chase a ring? Probably. No way. Hard to come by. Yeah, they're hard to come by. Knowing the punishment they got, yeah, which well, was yeah, zero. Yeah, which all you have to do is cooperate. And the, uh, speaking of, did you see what Joe or uh, yeah Joe Kelly has said about them in the in his most recent? Oh, I, I think he was in a podcast with Ross Stripling or something like that. I saw it. Called them rats and them snitches rats and oh. bitches. <laughs> he did. Dude, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if, if I would get to answer my own question in Jedi, you got to answer that too. I'm not letting you off the hook. I mean, I kind of like the every goal is to win the World Series at the end of the year. So if there's something that can help you win more games, which is going to give you a better record, which is going to help you be at home field to continue it, I think that there was absolutely they knew what it was going to lead to. But I think if you were to give those guys the same option again, they would probably all still do it again. I agree. You know, I mean, I know, I get. Hold I on understand. A JD can't answer this question. He's a fucking PO. Yeah, that's also true. But no, I mean, honestly, you, my answer is not Dean's. I understand where Dean's coming from. Like the suspension they got was nothing. But I just like, I feel like if I put myself in like someone like Jose Altuve's shoes, I don't think he should ever be a Hall of Famer for this because all his claim to fame, winning a World Series, you know, the, at the home run off Chapman, like, you know what I mean? Like that's all taken away from me because you cheated to do it. You know what I mean? I feel like that just like ruins your whole image and I would never want that personally for me. Like, yeah, I may have a ring, but 
I cheated to get it and everybody knows it. And now I suck. JD, can I ask you a question? And I want you to answer honestly. Okay. I just answered that. Honestly, I wouldn't want people no, to no, think- no. listen, I, I need, I, I need no. you to answer this honestly. Okay. You put pine tar anywhere on your body, your hat, your glove. Nope. nope. Have, have, have you ever, have you ever, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> you saw you lying. You're lying. I don't do it. I promise you, I do not use pine tar. I do not use, um, I don't even use rosin. I don't use Vaseline. I don't use any of that. Have you ever used any of these substances? Yes by or ac- no? By yeah. accident. <laughs> by accident, my heart. Grab my teammate's pine tarred bed. We're talking years ago. Okay, so then you should probably start. <laughs> I used to. I, used to, I, I do I, fine without it. Are you still throwing the splitter? No, I throw a circle change. Oh, dude, start throwing a splitter again. Lefty splitter is impossible to hit. He's a righty. What? He's a righty. I for sure thought you were a lefty. Oh, no. (laughs) I was uh, way off. (laughs) Talking about Joe Kelly before, I don't don't know if this was the same thing that we were talking – or that you mentioned, but um, on the Big Swing podcast, Joe Kelly said they know they're cheaters, but now they mess it up by ruining other people's lives. So they effed up twice now. When you taint someone's name to save your own name, this is one of the worst things that you could possibly do. I think they'll ever, I think they'll know it forever. I mean, that's wow. Right. And so that's actually, I, I just read that today. It's Ross Stripling, another pitcher on the staff's podcast, that big swing podcast. And that uh, quote further explained that his biggest issue besides the, like other than the cheating, like everyone knows they're cheaters. I think he even came out and said that was they're messing with other people's money, Cora and like Lunau and the other people who got implicated in it because they quote unquote snitch, which they did. But his big thing was at least, and he didn't know, but you at least got to reach out to that person and be like, look, I'm scared and it's going to affect my money. I'm throwing you under the bus. And he didn't think anyone on that side had the, I think he actually says the balls to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I do hope this continues the Astros, the bench clearing. I, I think it's honestly good for baseball that like when the Astros like have these little like um, moments, I would want to say, like, I don't really think there's been a brawl considered yet. Like, I don't really think the Laureano thing was a brawl because there were really no punches thrown. But um, I think it's just really good for baseball because it excites everybody because I think people want to see the Astros because there's no fans. I think people want to see something happen. You know what I mean? But since we're talking about the Houston Astros, why don't we bring you some more uh, facts. Uh, one, the Astros are cheaters. I just love reminding everybody that. And two, Jose Altuve, George Springer, and Alex Bregman are batting a combined 197 as of August 11th, 2020. You really love to see mm. it. I love it. Yeah, dude. I mean, so, to see them all go down because the cheating is great. Uh, dude, looking this up, it was actually the trial question that got me looking up career 300 hitters. Jose Altuve is 79th in MLB history with a batting average of 312. I did not know that. De Palma, did you send the thing that had Jose Altuve's breaking ball thing? Or is that one of my other? Uh, No, yeah, I'd sent that to you. I'd send you a screenshot. I don't know if it was the article, though. Yeah, so like Jose Altuve's like swing and miss, that's what it was for breaking balls, has increased like a whole lot since 2019 and 2020. Like, like ridiculously 
fastballs were kind of the same off speed kind of went up, right? Oh yeah. Here it is. Uh, swing and miss on breaking balls from 2018 to 2020, 21.2% to 38.8%. Yeah, that's Swing a big and miss jump. on breaking ball. That's a huge jump. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. Forgot to mention this though. Um, before we were talking about him, but Dino, you said it last podcast, athletics are one of the teams we watched. Like you said, it's the definition of a sleeper. Um, they're, they were nine and one in the last 10 games. They're 13 and six right now. First place above the Rangers are four games back right now. Um, I mean, this is a real good baseball team. I don't really know how they're doing it with their pitching, but they've just been hitting the baseball really well. Dude, speaking of the Rangers, one of the best decisions they ever made was going to that baby blue uniform. Oh my God, is that thing fresh? It's and so the blue days. Days last night played in Buffalo or two nights ago for the first time against the Marlins. And it was and, a game uh, to remember. Yeah, they had some nice uniforms. Uh, Dino got some nice news a few days ago. Um, the New York Rangers got their first pick in the NHL draft. <laughs> You know, I love watching hockey. I love watching uh, going to the games, but I don't consider myself a huge hockey fan like you two do. Um, I don't know all the players' names and stuff like that, like I do baseball and, and other sports. But I have two questions for you, Dean. And DePalma, you can answer on this too, because uh, I know you're a big hockey guy. Yeah. How big is this for the Rangers organization, and who do you think they're picking? Um, okay, so I, I, it's not I, who do I think they're picking. Mm-hmm. I know who they're picking. They won it the sweepstakes. Al- yeah, it is Alex Lafreniere. He is French. He is French Canadian, um, and he is he is not like a he's not a once in a decade type of scorer. He is a once in a decade type of facilitator. His passing is his seam passing is unbelievable. His backhand passes. Yeah, his ice vision is unbelievable. Um, it is absolutely huge for the New York Rangers. Not only do you, you know, and, and for people who don't really understand hockey, the names might not mean much to you. Artemi Panarin was, is, is a finalist for MVP. Mika Zibanejad would have scored 50 goals this year if the season continued. Mm-hmm. Um, you landed the second overall pick last year. You land the first overall pick this year. You have probably one of the best young goalies in the league. This is a massive step in a rebuilding franchise that I no longer believe after this year will be considered to be in a rebuild. It is massive. And as a Ranger fan, it is a great time to be a Ranger fan. If you're looking at a, at an organization on how to remodel after having a seven or nine run playoff, you know, um, even a, a Stanley cup run, you know, and then an Eastern conference final game seven run the next year back in 2014, 15, like you're looking at, you know, just a complete 180 from where they were two years ago to where they are now. This this team will win a cup in the next five or six years, a hundred percent guaranteed. And if I have a heart attack, I I, I don't care. As long as it results in a Stanley an award, Stanley Cup. Um, do you know, like, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you called it a rebuild, and that's exactly what it was. But landing that pick, like they haven't had the best luck with the NHL draft lottery. Landing that number one pick is so big for them. And you mentioned they're in a rebuild, but like they got to this quote unquote shortened playoffs in a rebuild year. I mean, 
the the coach David Quinn, dude, he's gonna he's a Mike Sullivan guy too. Like I know they're boys up in Boston. I like the system that he's running there in New York. I think you guys are going to be lethal in the Metropolitan, and it's going to be happening at a time when my Penguins are going to be degressing. So it should be interesting. It's definitely the Metro is going to be interesting for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, even the Hurricanes are going to be a team to beat. Yep, the Caps are still hanging around like that. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Now that we segued into the NHL, let's cover the NHL playoffs because now the final 16 are set. In the East, you got Flyers versus Canadians in a 1-8 matchup. Very interesting matchup to, to watch after. Lightning, Blue Jackets, Caps, Islanders, Bruins, Hurricanes. Out of the East, who do you like, De Palma? Dude, I mean, it's tough, but I got to go with the Flyers, man. They were playing the hottest of any team going into the playoffs. And in that little abbreviated, uh, you know, top four thing, they beat the other three top teams ahead of them. Uh, they're hot right now. And I got to be going with the Flyers, man. As, pain, as, as much as it pains me to say it, I think they got a great chance of coming out of the East. Yeah, I, and it's going to pain me to also say that I agree with you. So just for sake of conversation, I, I will go with a veteran-led Tampa Bay Lightning team mm. because I feel like their window is closed after this season, and I feel like it has to be now. In Go ahead. I was going to say, didn't uh, this is a matchup where the, the Blue Jackets swept them whenever they were the number one team last year, broke yeah. all sorts of records, winning the President's Cup. So that, I didn't realize that that was a matchup, too. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little rematch. And the Blue Jackets are, are you know, they play the Tortorella blocking shots Tort- type system. Yep. Um, out of the West, you got the Vegas and Blackhawks, also another one that is scary. Uh, Avalanche, Coyotes, that honestly should be a sweep. I'll be shocked if the Coyotes win a game. Stars, Flames, <laughs> Blues, Canucks. Mm. Who do you got out of the West? Dude, Vegas. I went to Vegas for my bachelor party. I fell in love with the squad when they came back as an expansion team or when they started as an expansion team. They're just playing great hockey. I love March or so. Give me Vegas. Let's go. I'm I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche. I think they have a great young system. I think I think they have a lot of talent. I think they roll through the Coyotes. And when you're looking at the bubble, shaving any time off of a long series is crucial and I, I you know obviously you're looking at the defending champs and the blues so you know always got to look out for them but you know the canucks are legit and the stars flame series to be honest with you is the only series out of these eight that kind of bore me um and it's normally yeah. at a, a 10 p.m start so that's yeah. kind of you know but if i were to pick one team here to win the cup and i'm going against everything that i have said already I, yeah, I know. I know. I picked a team to come out of the East. I know I picked a team to come out of the West. I still think the I still think the Bruins are the team to beat. Dude, they're scary, man. Always have been. Always will be. You're going Vegas to win the cup. I'm going Flyers to win the cup. Flyers over Vegas. I could I could totally see the Blues making it back there too. I mean, hot goaltending. I mean, anything can happen. But I want Vegas to win it. But I've been rooting against them for the entire year, and every time I root against them, other than the one Penguins game I was at, the Flyers have won. So uh, I'm going with the Fly guys. Yeah, root Shout for them. Yeah, root for them. Maybe they get bounced. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, that's your that's your NHL recap. I would talk about the NBA, but I'll be completely honest. There's nothing really that interests me in that bubble. The only thing that interests me is I, I have a hot take here, and write it down right now. 
if Portland gets in as the oh, eight. No, no they, don't upset the Lakers, no. They take the Lakers to seven. I could totally see – they could possibly win that too. If Dame is as hot as he is, can absolutely see it. Uh, speaking of the Lake show there, uh, LeBron, for the first time in his career, led the NBA in assists this year with 10.9 assists per game. That's impressive as shit. That's very impressive with the roster that's around him. Yep. So yeah, other than the other than the NHL bubble, which by the way is awesome. Yeah. The setup is dope. You have All literally play, games. I, I've, everything I've read that said the players love it too. Yeah, the, the Vegas was doing a movie night. JD, you would have been all about this. They were doing a movie night in the hotel with a big screen that was like a projector screen that they pulled down. And like the room is filled with like sleeping bags and pillows. And they're like all there like eating candy and shit. It's so dope. Yeah. So other than that, that's your bubble update. <laughs> Lastly, though, um, uh, the MAC, Big Ten and Pac-12 have canceled their football season. The ACC still hasn't come out to say anything on what they're decided to do yet. But the SEC wants to play, though, they've said. I think this is um, personally, I think this is a little bit too early to make a, like, a huge decision like this. Um, I could say like you possibly could just delay the season maybe a month. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's such a massive decision for like a whole college campus. I, and I think it's like sucks for the players. I mean, I went through it for baseball when they canceled my season. I mean, football, you know, NCAA, uh, NCAA football is like a huge thing. You know, I just I I sucks for the players more along the lines because I'm a player. I think that way. My guess is everything will get pushed to the fall and, or I'm sorry, the spring. And that throws off, you know, spring baseball, you know, friend of the pod. Corey Acton spoke to him yesterday. He's going back to campus on Saturday. Um, so like the athletes feel like, you know, these big time schools feel like these athletes are safer there. They get tested, you know, pretty often, but at the end of the day, like I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the decisions that are made in the fall based on that sport. I'm worried about the decisions that are made and the repercussions that come from it following the other sports. Yeah. So I here's how I, I got a I'm kind of nuanced with it. I don't I don't know which way I'm leaning with it. Oh, and hold on. Uh, no one gives a shit about the MAC conference for football. And <laughs> other than Penn State and Ohio State up north, no one gives a shit about the Big Ten. And last time I checked, Rutgers, get out of here. And last time I checked, no one gives a shit about the Pac-12. So <laughs> I just need to get that off my chest. Continue. <laughs> I mean, it is. And then. I mean, if you were to tell me that all the conferences have canceled and the SEC still hasn't canceled, you know, however many months before, you know, this pandemic happened, I would have been like, yeah, the SEC is going to play football. Um, I'm kind of, dude, I'm kind of torn on it, too, because these dudes, these football players, you know, they put their bodies on the line every single week, you know, physically. And this is something that isn't like a physical, uh, you know, physical sickness with it. Like you can get it without, you know. Even if you're the strongest, you can still get it. But I think they take that risk when they go out on the field. So I can't fault these players and, you know, the SEC for wanting to play. But I don't know how you can get through a season without, like, you know, with full travel, without actually having a vaccine for it. I just don't see how they may start it and they may run into something like baseball did where there were a couple outbreaks and then they shut it down. But Personally, it feels up to me. I would say delay to the spring. It gives you a better chance to get a vaccine. But you can't fault the kids, in my opinion, for wanting to play football. Yeah, it's definitely – either way, it's just a tough decision um, either way, though. 
Uh, before we wrap up this podcast, though, Dino, what's your final thought? My final thought is there is nothing better than overtime in the NHL playoffs. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets in game one, mm-hmm. in game one of a best of seven, played five overtimes. It was the fourth. It, it, you know, it set records left and right, but it was the fourth longest game in NHL history. Uh, Corpusalo set a record for saves with, I think, 85. I think it was 85, yeah. The 86 yeah, I, gave up the goal. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 85. I was rooting for him to get to 100. That would have been awesome. But just to give you some stats here, the, the, the game registered 150 minutes of time. So that's that you know 20 minutes a period. You know, so you, you, they, they played well over, you know, two games of hockey. Oh, my God. Um, you know, so it, it was – it was it was just it was fun to watch. They played ninety minutes and twenty seven seconds of overtime time. Um, you play you know, sixty minutes a game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know they played you know ten minutes into the fifth overtime, but it's fourth longest in NHL history. Nineteen thirty six went six overtimes. You know Detroit versus the Montreal Maroons. It's a fun oh fact God. for you. April third, nineteen thirty three. Toronto beat Boston in six overtimes and, and, and the minute mark is the difference maker 12 minutes and, or I'm sorry, 11 minutes and, and 44 seconds is the difference there. Uh, two May 4th, 2000 flyers beat Pittsburgh in the Eastern conference semis in a five overtime game, 92 minutes and one second. This one came in at 90 minutes, 27 seconds. So you know, in my opinion, nothing better than, um, you know, playoff hockey, especially with the with the sudden death. When it's your team, it's a serious heartache. Uh, when it's not your team, it's awesome to watch. But you know, when 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 you're looking at it, Seth Jones is a defenseman. He set the ice time mark and record. He played 65 minutes oh of ice time. I was just that was going to be one of the questions I wanted to ask was who had the highest ice time in the match. Other than the two goalies, it was you know because the goalies don't get a rest. They played every. You know, other than delayed penalties and stuff like that, Seth Jones played 65 minutes of total ice time. Jesus. That is that is over a full game <laughs> on skates. Anyone who has ever played hockey or who has skated, the the damage and the, that that does on your feet is unbelievable. So say uh, Dino, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it typically even? I know what Tang, Crystal Tang is. He sees a lot of ice time for the Penguins, and he sees about 18 to 20 minutes a game, and that's really high. So, like, I mean, he's talking about you're talking about playing a full game when you're used to playing a third of a game. Top defenseman in a, in a playoff will get 25 minutes max. Yeah, this dude played 65. <laughs> you know, now, um, and that's the two seven matchup. Like what was mentioned before, the Blue Jackets swept them last year, and you know the Lightning take the th- the three two win. Uh, Braden on Braden points goal late in the fifth overtime or midway through the fifth overtime game two was today. It was, you know, it was, it was Thursday, uh, but the game went so long that they had to literally yes. delay another playoff game till 11 <laughs> o'clock the next morning. It is just unbelievable how, how long an overtime game could go. And this is the thing that, that scares me in sports is do they look to change overtime or postseason protocol because of things like that? Like baseball doing the man on second. I just I mm. hope in my lifetime I don't see any changes made to postseason play because yeah. I think it's so authentic. 
the amazing thing about this, and I will, I will lead, I will close with this, is to be able to bounce back a day later and to win three one today is Dude. absolutely a gutty performance by a Columbus Blue Jacket team. Corpusalo made another thirty six saves. It, it, that is a hundred. That is a hundred and. I can't do the math quick. Uh, 121 saves, 131 saves in two games. That's absolutely absurd. And if <laughs> that's got to be a record, it's got to be. And if and if you didn't watch uh, Tort's interview in between games one and two, please take a look at that. It is about three minutes long. He doesn't say anything really other than "yep" and get rest and get ready for game two. But that's my final thought. Overtime hockey is better than anything else in the world. Well, that's all for this edition of Major League Talk. Make sure to follow us on social media at JD with Sports. You guys got anything else? Uh, no, other than right now on the video, De Palma's head is spazzing out on that background. <laughs> Let's go, Buckos. Three and thirteen. Hey. <laughs> See you. Into the jungle.